Just some podcast media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. I came from the mud. dirt on my hands. Strong like a tree. There's roots where I stand. Oh, I've been running from the Welcome, welcome to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess, Polly, and amazing. Today's episode, I have a super sensational and amazing guest who's here to talk about sex, not porn. Let's meet him. Ricardo, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hello, everyone. (laughs) I'm I'm Ricardo Scipio, your friendly neighborhood sex photographer. Wow. Wow. A sex photographer. I've never had a sex photographer on my show before, but you don't just do sex photography. What else do you do? In my life? <laughs> I, yeah, in your life. I pra- what do you do? I practice herbal medicine. I kick lots of people's asses in tennis. Sometimes I get my ass kicked too, which is good. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a brother and uncle and all that good stuff and a human being. That's some of the stuff that I do. Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Herbal medicine is by far one of my favorite topics to talk about, but we'll get onto that later. I want to talk about your projects that you've been working on. And you said you're a sex photographer. What the heck is a sex photographer? (laughs) A photographer that photographs sex. It's funny. I haven't really known what to call myself because my work isn't porn. It's not even erotica. You know, lots of people are familiar with the term erotic photography, but my work isn't erotica. It's sexual art, but there's not really a predefined category for sexual art per se. So just to keep it simple, I just say I'm a, a sex photographer. But if someone can come up with a better term, I'd, I'd love to have uh, a more elegant term than sex photographer. <laughs> but yeah. How does one get into sex photography? If one was smart, one wouldn't. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, me not being so smart, I have. And with me, I was more or less forced into it. It wasn't like I woke up, you know, as an 18-year-old and said, I know what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a sex photographer. No, I want Man, to- listen, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of 18-year-olds out there that are seriously saying, I want to do that. <laughs> Yes, but it's very different being 18 now than when I was actually 18. When I was a kid, it was a fantasy to even become any kind of photographer. It was very expensive to become a photographer back in those days. You needed to have a dark room. You needed to have Nikons or Canon cameras with expensive lenses and all that good stuff. And I'm from a very poor family, so I didn't have any of that stuff. I learned how to shoot on an old German medium format camera that had been used by a war correspondent in World War II. <laughs> I got it for like 175 Yeah, I got it for $175. And that's what I learned on. I couldn't afford a $3,000 Nikon setup or whatever. Yeah. And I was far-fetched to want to become a photographer. And I was lucky when I was 20. My girlfriend at the time, who's a waitress, she saved up for months and she bought me an enlarger, and I turned our bathroom into my darkroom. I put green garbage bags on the windows and used the bathtub or all the chemical trays. And I would spend, my poor girlfriend, I would spend like eight hours a day in there. 
<laughs> she wouldn't know where I was. She'd be like, come back. I still love you. What? Where did you go? She had no idea the monster she had made with that camera, right? Oh, yeah. That's exciting. So you're doing all this photography. And in the beginning, what were you taking pictures of? You weren't a sex photographer then, correct? No, I started off as a fashion photographer. It was the only gig I could get. I went to art school. And after art school, I was thinking, okay, what kind of photographer can you become? And I knew someone that worked at a modeling agency, and I went there. And they were mostly annoyed by my presence, but I kept going back. And they said, okay, you can shoot some of our like beginners for free. So for six months, I just shot their beginner models for free. And I guess they liked what I did enough that they finally started paying me. And uh, from there, I went all over the place photographing models and even helped discover a couple supermodels and was having sort of a fun time. But some things happened, unfortunately. When I was just getting rolling as a photographer was the height of the AIDS epidemic. And in an 18-month period, I think three quarters of the people I worked with died. It was. Oh my goodness! I'm so sorry to hear that. I know it was. It was. Uh, that was a rough time for everybody, right? It was right. A, it was, and you know, and now, like, I have a, I have a very good friend who comes on the show frequently. He's an educator, and he's HIV positive, but living the life. And as a child, I can remember not seeing that positive of an outcome. We saw so many people dying. That was a terrible time for everybody. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. It was tough. I was 25. And as a 25-year-old, to see people in their 20s and 30s and 40s just drop dead. My closest colleague, who I worked with every day, he died within six months of getting diagnosed. And he went down hard. It was not a pretty death. It was not easy. He died kicking and screaming. He was mad at everybody. He wouldn't let anyone see him. He was super angry. It was very traumatic. And for me, it made me reflect. And I thought, it's fun creating cool fashion photographs and whatever. But what does it really mean? What is the impact of what I'm doing on myself and on society or whatever? And I just thought I, I should use my camera for doing something more substantial and less disposable because no matter how good your fashion photograph is, in six months, nobody cares because the style has changed and there's a built-in obsolescence in fashion photography. I went the opposite way and I said, I want to photograph people with no clothes on and no hair and makeup and no posing, have it be as natural as possible. So I started photographing black men and women, nude, in color, in natural landscapes, very non-sexual goddess-type work. And I did that for a long time. That was my life all through the 90s, was doing that work. I was photographing a 70-year-old woman who was a, an artist, a sculptor, in Washington State, in eastern Washington. And in the middle of our shoot, we we're just shooting in the forest, like a normal day, sunny, beautiful day. And in the middle of the shoot, she started masturbating and she gave herself like this big orgasm. And I didn't know what to, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. We hadn't discussed it beforehand. She hadn't warned me that this was going to happen. I didn't know what to do, so I just kept shooting. And, and afterwards, we never talked about it. I just thought, okay, this is like a weird random occurrence. Okay, whatever. One for the history books, whatever. Went along my merry old way. And very soon after, the same thing happened with a 53-year-old. So I was alarmed on many levels. One is none of the 
20-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds never done that. And I'd shot hundreds, if not thousands of, of people at that point. But the 70-year-old and the 53-year-old did. And I was wondering, why did they do it? What does it mean? What's going on? So I talked to a number of my models. And they told me that being outdoors, under the sun, naked, sometimes they wanted to express their sexuality. Well, and they didn't because I wouldn't let them. <laughs> and I immediately felt like really bad. I was like, oh my God, I'm oppressing all these people's sexuality. I'm being an oppressor and I don't want to be an oppressor. So I have to check myself. I knew why I didn't want my work to be sexual. I didn't want it to be compared to porn. I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to be a target. Being a black man in a white country is enough of a target anyways. I didn't want to like, make myself more of a, tar a target, but I also didn't want to be an oppressor. So I challenged myself and wanted to see if I could expand my comfort zone. So I told the models for the next project, they could masturbate, they could self-pleasure. And just like those two ladies did out of the blue. So I did a whole book of women self-pleasuring. And that was an interesting and exciting experience for me because as a photographer, I had to do everything differently. I had to shoot with different cameras than I used to. I had to use different lighting. I was no longer always shooting in the forest. Most people wanted to shoot indoors in their homes, which require a completely different approach photographically. The angles that I shot would have to be different. The lenses would have to be different. Everything was different. So it was almost like starting again as a photographer. So it's good to shake things up and have to be a beginner again. For them, I talked to them and they said, yes, it was a more liberating experience. But they said it still wasn't fully satisfying because they didn't have the option to shoot with a partner. And I said, oh, mm -hmm. fuck, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> next book, you can shoot by yourself or you can shoot with a partner if you want to. And that's how I got dragged into, <laughs> you know, being a sex photographer. <laughs> oh my gosh, kicking and screaming, it sounds. But, it, you know, what's very interesting about what you were saying is these, you know, what do you have to lose when you're 70, 80 years old? You've already embarrassed yourself as much as you are going to in your life. You've already experienced all the hurt, the pain, all of those things from loss of love or life or anything. And here they are, these women, allowing you to photograph them in the most intimate situation with themselves. Now, I'm telling you, for people to be able to touch themselves, this is in my mind, that is, for people to be able to touch themselves, you have to get through a lot of generational junk, religious junk. There's so many things that we're told about touching ourselves that is so negative. Religion is a big one for me a lot of the time because you're taught that if you masturbate, that's dirty or nasty, okay? And that's just where I learned what I learned when I was a child. And for those women to be able to express themselves, when you're 20, you're still figuring it out, right? You've watched the porns, you've seen the magazines, you know that women lay a certain way and, you know, boobs up and butt out and whatever, how that works, right? But you allowed these women to express themselves in front of you and you did not shame them. You weren't sitting mouth agape going, oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> you allowed them to be free and you photographed that. And what a beautiful thing to do. Holy cow. That's amazing to me. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking. One of the things that I always tell my kids, and I've said this a million times on every show that I do, 
I want my great grandchildren to hear their grandma talk about sex and how to be intimate and ways that you can express yourself without harming yourself, things that you can do for yourself. Women have been held back for years. It's just a great testament to what you are providing in that you're allowing people to express themselves in a way that they were never able to do before. And it's not dirty. It's not trashy. It's not pornography. What it is a beautiful expression. It's like a piece of music that you've made, but it's a visual piece of music. So you can listen to any sound or music in the background while this is playing, but you have this amazing orchestra of highs and lows with masturbation that you would never have had before. And I think that's amazing. Good on you for that. Oh my gosh. I got all excited when you were talking about this because that's one of those things I have had in my lifetime, this fear of being open and able to show my vulnerability. That's a huge piece for women, I believe. And I'm sure it is for men as well, but I can only speak for my side of thinking. And that's just wonderful, Ricardo. Gosh, I'm so excited. Can you continue, please? <laughs> Sure. And I, again, I can't really take complete credit because I was pushed into it. I give a lot of credit <laughs> to my models who were more liberated and more open-minded than I was at the time. And they still are, in general, a bit more open-minded and liberated than I am. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. My mom's still a born-again Christian. I was being groomed to become the pastor of our church. My mom and four other women started their own church. <laughs> so that's how... I that's, love that. That's I how, love that. That's how deep that went. So yeah, I didn't grow up as a libertine, but I've become <laughs> more liberated as time goes on. And yeah, I spent eight years photographing people of all different shapes and sizes and colors and ages and gender identities having authentic, shame-free sex and call that my sex goddess project. And I did four books of that. I, sh I shot 503 people. And I finished that project in December of 2021. And I've started a new project called My Intimacy Project which is still a sex project. People don't have to have sex. Some people don't. But what it is, it's focused on the connection and the vulnerability and the openness and the softness and the love. So it's a love project. That's what I'm working on now. And it is like way harder to do an intimacy project than even a sex project because I would say 80% of the people that had no trouble fucking on camera for my sex project were like scared of being intimate and open and completely vulnerable for the intimacy project. It's a new level of challenge for myself and for the people I'm photographing. But it's really great that I did it specifically because of the pandemic, because I felt so isolated and I felt we were becoming more and more distant from each other and more and more isolated. And I thought, what a great time to celebrate intimacy and celebrate connection. Yeah, that's the current challenge. And I can take credit for that because I wasn't pushed into that one. That one's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you more comfortable with intimacy than sex, do you think? I'm not more comfortable. It's more difficult for me as a photographer because the level of trust and rapport that you need with your models is even greater than shooting sex. I have to you know, work on my own ability to be intimate because I have to lead by example. So I can't have a lack of vulnerability and a lack of softness and a lack of connection that doesn't promote creating that atmosphere in the room when I'm photographing people. 
So it's also been a challenge to me to, to increase my ability to be intimate because intimacy is not something just between people that are making love. It's any kind of connection can be an intimate connection. You and I, you know, are having an intimate conversation, an intimate connection now, and we've never met. It's just about the ability to connect and stay connected. It's a different kind of nakedness. It's emotional and spiritual nakedness. And so it's interesting. It's a challenge and it's a great opportunity, you know, to really double down on that and embrace that as much as possible. So that's the current journey. I love it because we all like to think that we can get into relationships, but we don't know how to relate first. So what you're doing is giving people the visual opportunity to relate to these other individuals who are finding their voice in their own bodies, right? Their abilities to have intimate contact in front of you. Even, you know, you put one person in front of your camera or two people or three or four, however many are in a room. You could do a scene of five people sitting at a party. That intimacy just in that room is something to be regarded and to do it the one-on-one like you do. I think that's awesome. I'm in awe of you right now (laughs) because I think it's so important. When I started Buried Pleasures, my thought was to figure out why people have this negative connotation of the word pleasure. The word is pleasure. It's pleasurable. And you find that I was getting posts blocked on Facebook for using the word pleasure. It doesn't mean sexuality. It doesn't mean sex. It doesn't mean fucking. It doesn't mean any other thing other than what you believe in your mind pleasure to be. I believe in my mind that sometimes I like to sneak a little dark chocolate. That's a big pleasure for me, you know? (laughs) I love that. And if I can do it while I'm snuggling at the same time with my husband or any, you know, like my kids or whatever, that that's a pleasurable thing. And to turn the word pleasure into something dirty or shameful is also, what the heck, guys? It's a natural thing to want to be happy, to want to feel connected, to feel that intimacy that you were talking about. It's the concept of sin, right? The society is connected, connected pleasure with sin, which to me is funny. And I get that asked of me a lot. People say, of all the things you could photograph, why are you photographing sex? And I'm like, what do you mean, why am I photographing sex? What would be better to photograph? What's more important? What's more beautiful? What's more eternal? It's not just photography. In the whole history of art, what have artists been doing? They've been celebrating the human body, they've been celebrating sex, and they've been celebrating nature. That's really the only things artists have ever really done since the beginning. Go back to Africa, go back as far as you want, wherever you want. That's what we've been doing. (laughs) It's only a recent idea that somehow the human body and pleasure is something that's not appropriate or not important or not worth celebrating. And to me, it's just a crazy concept and we need to snap out of it and get back to our roots and get back to what's important in life. And of course, the ironic thing is none of us would be here without sex. And what you're doing is when you're doing these intimate shoots, when people are having sex, like that is the one moment of creation that may be possibly happening. How much more intimate can you get your, like, that's creation happening in front of you, potentially. Just saying, that is a thing. There are a lot of different religions. There are a lot of different beliefs out there. But 
if you truly believe that life starts at conception, you're filming life. Your photography is bringing that to the forefront. And depending on, it's just if you say something, you can't help how other people perceive what you say. Your pictures are going to be perceived in whatever way. I think it's great luck that I found you. I really do. Thanks for finding me, by the way. Um, I think I'm, that... I'm happy to find, I was happy to find you. <laughs> you're bringing this beauty that's now is a new pleasure for me. I've been looking through all your photographs for the last few days and I just think there's so much beauty to be seen and there's so much more beauty out there. And for a person to feel able to show you their raw, intense feeling for their own self, their own self pleasure, that sort of thing. What a job. Jeez. (laughs) You can't be mad at that job. Nursing in itself has been a good journey for me. I've been able to help people. I love to help people. But what you're doing is on a whole nother intimate level. And it's beautiful in my mind anyway. Thank you. You've got a beautiful mind. Thank you. It's, you know, (laughs) I've had the good fortune of witnessing amazing transformations because you can meet someone and see what they're like in the day-to-day level. You meet them at a coffee shop or whatever and talk to them. And then you go and photograph them having sex and you get to see a completely different side to them. And maybe you get to see the realer side of them. And it's just amazing. There's this one woman that I photographed, a 76-year-old great-grandmother. And she's just a little tiny woman. And my God, (laughs) you would never know. She would look like any other granny at Walmart or something. But when her clothes are off and when she's having sex, she's like this amazing sex goddess. She is so multi-orgasmic and she's a squirter and just all this stuff and she gives and receives pleasure like on a level that is mind-boggling and you would never know it (laughs) you would never know it that's something right right i think if you think about it in a way we are the same person we were when we were 18 we have those same loves feelings but we've expanded on those obviously but we're still like Even if you're 70, 80, 90, you want to be loved. You want to be intimate. You want to feel feelings. It's not like the the day you turn 50 um, that you lose your sexuality. (laughs) My my kids keep saying you're going to be 50 soon. But that's the thing. You don't lose those feelings. And I think my experience in my healthcare journey, I have dealt with a lot of older people, way older than me, for sure, in that each period of time. And when you think about it, you're like, oh, they're old and blah, but you know what? Everybody deserves to feel beautiful. Everybody deserves to feel wanted and loved. And if you can express that in what you're doing by taking these pictures, you're doing the very best research for historical archaeology, I'm telling you. I just think that it's wonderful. I'm so excited about it, honestly. And I'm thinking, like, how am I going to get to Canada? Because we're going to take pictures. Come on. <laughs> we've opened the borders now, so there's no restriction to coming to Canada. Know, so come, so come, on, come on down. But no, I just think that it's such a wonderful, beautiful thing that you're doing that it has to be, like... When you dream at night, do you dream about lovely, beautiful people all the time? That's the kind of thing, like working in healthcare, 
in an emergency room situation, I have nightmares about for, I've had for a long time, right? But to get to see this beauty happening constantly and to fill your mind with beautiful things and not all the negativity, all of the stereotypes, all of those things that we have to deal with on a daily basis. You are just a person who loves other people and you're trying to share that love. You can't be mad at that. <laughs> yeah, you'll be disappointed in my You'd be disappointed in my dreams, though. My my recent dreams are, I had one dream where I was hanging out with Barack Obama. And I had another another dream that I was playing, like, at the U.S. Open in tennis. And I was, like, in the finals or semifinals against Rafael Nadal. Those are the kind of dreams I have, but sorry. (laughs) That's all right. No, like, that's... But you're not dreaming about fighting or war or things like that on a regular. There are a lot of people out there that do that. Tennis is fighting. Tennis is war. Tennis is war. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. you! I'm going to have to hook... You and my husband are going to have to tennis it up because... Oh, yeah. Tell them it's on. Tell them it's on. Oh, for sure. Listen. Tell them it's on. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I'm not, I'll kick his 40-year-old butt. Tell him it's on. Oh, you probably will. <laughs> no, maybe not. You never know in tennis. You never know. That's another thing about tennis. Talk about seniors being great to photograph. I've been beaten so many times by super seniors in tennis. You can use their strategy and use their tactics to defeat the fact that I'm yes. faster than they are and whatever. Like even in sports, your rookie year isn't always your best year, right? You need some experience. You need to have the wherewithal about you. It's just great to be young and energetic and you can take a hit really well. But if you don't jump out of the way of the ball, you're going to get hit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. You have to know, you have to have that experience to know that's what's happening. So I just think that it's brilliant. And so talk to me, if you don't mind, about your website. Yeah, it's just my umbrella website because I have the different photography projects. I had the Sex Goddess Project and now the Intimacy Project. But the motto for the Sex Goddess Project is that sex is too important to leave in the hands of pornographers. And that's my fervent belief. I did the project as sort of an anti-pornography project. And to me, images are like food. And if the only food people have available to them is junk food, let's say the only place you can eat is McDonald's or, I don't know, Arby's or something, you're going you're gonna to be in a lot of trouble if the healthy alternatives that, you know, for you to choose from. Right now, if you want to go and see images of people making love and having sex, it's mostly only junk food you're going to have access to. It's mostly going to be porn or bad erotica that you're going to have access to. And it reinforces a lot of negative images. It reinforces that only like skinny 20-year-old white women are desirable. It's going to reinforce all the worst stereotypes of the patriarchy and be done from a patriarchal sort of frame. It's going to be unhealthy on so many different levels. And I know that personally because I discovered sex when I was 10 years old by discovering a a stack of Playboy magazines that someone had thrown out on the road. And that was not a good way of being introduced to sex. I was not ready for that. It was not holistic for me. So imagine if I were 10 years old today or 12 or 15 or whatever, what you would have access to on the internet (laughs) is way worse than Playboy. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking that, you know, the job of artists has always been to protest and cry out for change. So as an artist, I was like, we need healthier images of sex. It's too important to just leave to porn. So So that's why it's sex, not porn. 
Sex, not porn. Right. Sex, not porn. Sex, not porn. Yeah. And again, your definition of sex is that of your own. So if sex to you means something, you figure it out. You have to figure out. And that's one of the most difficult things I think that people can grasp, can't grasp, is the fact that we all have these different ideas because we all grow up in different places. We're all exposed. Like you were exposed at 10 years old to porn. I was exposed at 12 years old to other girls in my class being pregnant. Like not everybody gets the same sex ed talk, right? Some people don't get a sex ed talk and being able to relate to each other and figure out how we can best discuss these topics is what I love to do. And I think that your view of these beautiful people in their own environments, making love, having sex, fucking, whatever you want to call it, it's all pleasure. And I like pleasure. That's why I have this show. <laughs> and I like to teach people about resources for pleasure. And your site, all your photos are amazing. They're just beautiful. And I'm sure there's factions of people out there that will call, will label it pornography. But it's not pornography. It's not pornography. It's beautiful. I just love it. <laughs> I just, I don't have, I don't know what else to say. I just love it. It's so nice to talk to people who don't follow that patriarchal. It's just garbage. The, that whole societal religious garbage. That's the only term I can think of right now in the moment. That's not a very good one, but not everything that is sexual or has sexual connotation is a bad thing. Not, not at all. Yeah. Sex itself is a great thing, but the human capacity for ruining anything is immense. So lots of human <laughs> true story. <laughs> lots of humans find a way of messing up sex, but sex itself is great. It's how the universe began. It began as a big orgasm, right. this big bang, boom. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, I love it. Um, you know, oh, so. Yeah, I mean, it's the fundamental of life, right? Even, not just human life, even plant life. Yeah. Right, exactly. But I would love for you to see more of my work. So what I would love to do is I'd love to set up a time to see more of the work because what, I don't like to put my images on the internet. There's not many of oh, my- I understand. There's not many of my photographs on my site, but you haven't even like mm -hmm. seen the tip of the iceberg. So- at a, No, at a, I'm so excited about that. We're, we will do this. We will. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but let me, let me stop you there. Whenever, if somebody were looking to see your artwork, well, not all of it, but if they wanted to get an idea of what you do, can you tell them, the, my audience out there, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? They just go to sex, not porn. Dot com. So find me there. But what I'd like to do is, I, you know, at a time of convenience for you, I can set up an online event to show you the work. And if there's any other people that you know that, you know, you want to look at it with or whatever, or we can make it a group thing or just for you, whatever works. Ooh, but I want, I, you to, I want you to see my work and it'll be good research for you to prepare for your shoots when you come to Canada. Because absolutely. And I, you know what? We're doing it. We're, yeah, we're doing it. We're I'm, just going to do it. <laughs> I'm ready to do the poly book. That's what the world needs is the, oh, is yeah. the poly book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Ricardo, you're awesome. And 
Do you have any other things you want to add before I get off of this show and we talk more? Not really. Oh, that's okay. No worries. Life no is, worries. Life, so in life closing, <laughs> life is good. That's right. Oh my gosh. When you can hang around with really cool people like I do all the time, it, nothing is too bad. But just as a reminder, I am Polly and Amazing. You can find me at buriedpleasures.com. You can find me at Buried Pleasures on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, any of those things and I'm on all major podcasting platforms I also have a YouTube channel check it out Buried Pleasures you can see myself and Ricardo you can check out what this hottie looks like over here and (laughs) it was so good to have you on the show Ricardo thank you so much and I will have you guest again I just think you're amazing and what you're doing is bringing beautiful things to the world and I think we need more of those especially in these times for sure thank you very much it's so fun to be on your show thank you all right guys thanks and we will see you later bye